capturing the world. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is David Carmichael, and I am back with another episode of the Capturing the World podcast. I have another good special guest for y'all. Her name is Taylor Proctor. Um, she is a certified mentor, entrepreneur, and iMove specialist. Taylor guides businesses, business leaders to explore their full potential and catapult them into growth overdrive with her suite of services, including her acclaimed content, content accelerator subscription and quantum power days. How are you doing today, Taylor? Oh, so fantastic. And thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited too. I'm excited too. Like I said, like this podcast is all about business and, um, you know, different entrepreneurs and what they got going on in their life. And um, I think, you know, my listeners would be very appreciative of what you got to offer and what, you know, anything you got to say today. So I'm glad to have you on. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So um, just give us a background of that's overall background, like your hometown and, you know, growing up and kind of what led you to do what you're doing now. Kind of give us a brief background on that. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah, USA. Okay. Uh, born and raised, did a stint in actually doing radio as a personality and a producer uh, in California in my early 20s, and then came back to Utah because I really liked the support base that I have with a family here. Uh, and But that actually played in my favor because later on down the line, I, I started my own podcast. We have over 500 episodes now, and I got all of those skills from doing radio. So that worked out pretty well. But yeah. uh Moved back to Salt Lake and really got into marketing. I had had my own business when I was in a lower part of Utah uh, mm -hmm. called St. George. And so I had my own business as a wedding planner. And I found that my favorite part of it was actually marketing. And so uh, when we moved back up to Salt Lake, where my family is to have that better support base, I really all went all in on marketing. So I became... I worked for a company as a copywriter immediately, almost immediately, very quickly became a content strategist, then became a campaign director of multi-channel campaigns, uh, then moved into a senior director role, working with large organizations like Google, um, doing what we call brand love. So doing responses on behalf of the brand on large social media sites and led a team uh, over across three years, led a department from zero team members to 30 team members from one service to five, from one language to five. And in that three-year period, we had one location that had the bulk of our employees, which was also here in Salt Lake, working with Google. And then we opened it up to a second office to support our EMEA initiatives in Edinburgh, Scotland. So I managed a team in Scotland. So then we went to multinational as well. From there, I became a VP of marketing for a company out of Las Vegas, where I realized that it was time to go out on my own. And in the middle of all of that, I became a certified mentor, as you mentioned in my bio. And I was helping clients on the side get happier in their lives. And it was so fascinating because we do a 10 week program and one-on-one -on -one mentoring. And by the time that we had finished that, they were like, yes, I feel so much happier. I feel so much better about my life. Everything is amazing. I just really need to get like my business on track now. And I'd be like, I have this whole secret life of like 15 years in corporate and entrepreneurship and leading and developing and growing and marketing, operations, strategy, and leadership. 
And my clients were asking for that after they'd become happier from the thing I was doing on the side. So I decided to blend those two and go out on my own and become a business coach with an emphasis in the mindset piece, as well as the strategy, leadership, operations, and um, marketing. So that's how I kind of, that's the short version (laughs) of how I got to where I am now. But with 15 years of experience in the corporate side, then working with several entrepreneurs and small business owners in the mentoring side, bringing the two of those together has just been the joy of my life. I've absolutely loved it. I feel like I fully stepped into my purpose. And now I help clients really excel their mindset and their businesses to levels that they couldn't have imagined previously. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I, I feel like marketing is very important in the business. And, you know, because I want to ask you, well, I'm going to say this first. Um, yeah. You know, some people have like a product, but it's like if you don't know how to market it, it's like pointless. Right. So I guess my question is, um, what are some of the basic things? I know you, you, it's a lot that goes into it, <laughs> but what are, like, what are like some basic things you can say for someone or just anybody that has a product, it's a good product, but they don't know how to market it. What are the first things they can do or some things they can do to start off? To oh, absolutely. Market it good, real good. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a universal thing, right? I work with small business owners that are just starting. I work with coaches who have been coaching for a long time and are like, I just want to get good at business. Right. Yeah. And I've also worked with, uh, not only in my corporate space, but also as I went on my own, I started doing consulting and I am a fractional executive, um, contracted to work with several companies that we call like enterprise startups. So they're mm-hmm. startups that are within their first three years that have already been valued at millions or more. And the reason I share that is because universally every business owner struggles with their marketing until they can get their audience honed in. And oftentimes it's like, we'll hear, we'll hear the advice. Oh, well, just figure out your ideal client and then speak to them. Right. Cool, but easier said than done, right? <laughs> and especially if you have a product, like what does that product do for that ideal client? So if you look at, um, I'm going to use an example Uh, from the book, The Power of Habit, funny enough, but they talk about the use of Febreze. So when Febreze first came out, they could not get it to sell, right? They're like, it takes out the stinky smells and nobody was buying it. So they were like on the brink of what do we do? And they started reaching out to their audience, to their customers. And they found that women would do it, it would spray it after they cleaned to leave a fresh scent. Mm Mm-hmm. And we think of Febreze, you think fresh scent, right? And so they change their commercials up instead of like, get the smell out of your clothes and all this stuff to leave a fresh scent after after you clean or after you cook or whatever it is. And then their, their sales skyrocketed from that change in messaging. But it came down to understanding how the product was used. So what I like to do is when I work with any of my clients, I like to recommend what we call Q caps. And I'll tell you, I wish I had a better acronym for this, but I don't. (laughs) So QCAPS stands for question, concern, aspiration, pain point, and situation. Okay. So QCAPS. So what you want to do is to really figure out who your ideal audience is and really make your marketing message make sense for them is you need to identify 
what they're, we'll go with the Q first, what questions they are asking. So whether it's a service or a product, like what are they asking about this? Are they asking like, how do I, and there's two sides, right? With a product, it's like, are they asking questions like, how do I use this product? Which that's one way. But the other side of it is, is what is the situation they're in? That's the S in Q caps. That's mm-hmm. at the end, but that's because Q caps made more sense than putting them all together and making it work that way. Right. So uh, more memorable if you can remember Q caps. But so you ask the question. So the question is, is like, let's stick with the Febreze model. How do I make my house smell good after I've cleaned? Right. I don't want to smell like all the chemicals and everything else. The question is, is like, man, I I wish there was a way for me to make my house smell better and not have to do all the air fresheners and all this other stuff. Well, the question is, is how do I do that? Right. Or the question is, is like, okay, I've cleaned. Now what? So what questions are your audience asking that would either lead them to use your product or are they asking around a topic? So I said earlier, I work with a lot of coaches as well. So if you are a confidence coach, your clients may be asking themselves, how do I show up more confidently? How do I present myself in a way that I can get that promotion or that I can show up online? So they're asking these questions around the service or the product that lead them to either use it or that lead them to search for information around it. So the first Q of Q caps is question. Next one is concern. So if we go back on like the self-love train here and the confidence train, what's the concerns that they have? Well, I'm in meetings and I get sweaty palms and I'm shaking when somebody asks me a question because I don't really trust myself to answer it. And that is resulting in I'm not getting given the projects that would give me the promotion and the pay raise and the career growth I need. So my concern is, is that my lack of self-confidence is actually limiting my ability in multiple ways. Mm -hmm. My concern is, is that I can't go out there and date because I don't have any confidence in being able to date people, right? Whatever that may be. If we look at the Febreze, right? What's the concern? Well, the concern is, is that my house doesn't, my house now smells like all these chemicals and things that I use to clean it. And that it smells clean, but it doesn't smell great. So my concern is, is that, well, I have a clean house, but it also still kind of smells. Then you look at the A in Q caps, which is the aspiration. So what does your ideal client, customer, consumer wish? What do they aspire their life to be? Now, if we go with the Febreze, the product model, the aspiration is just, I don't want my house to smell nice after I clean it. I don't want it to smell like you just walk into a chemical <laughs> chemical barn. I want it to smell nice. The aspiration is that someone walks in and goes, not only is this clean, but it smells so good. It's so comfortable and relaxing, Right. For let's go with the self-love confidence example, they want to be able to speak up in meetings. They want to be able to get those promotions. They want to be able to go out and date and show up with an air of confidence because they know that if they can show up as their authentic selves and they're not worried about being judged and that self-doubt creeping in, that everything in their life could be so much better. That's the aspiration. Then we look at the pain points. Now, some cases, the pain points are the same as like the concern but sometimes they're not. So we mentioned with the confidence that the concern is, is that they're not getting the promotions. They're not going out and dating. Well, the pain point is, is that every time I have an opportunity to speak up in a meeting, that's when my palms are sweaty. That's when suddenly I feel my throat tighten up and I don't know what to do. That is a pain point, a physical pain point. Right. Right. So we got to answer those pain point questions. And then the last one is what's the situation? 
we go with the confidence one again, the situation is that I'm in a meeting and I can't speak up and I can't show my expertise. So I'm not getting the pay raises. I'm not getting the promotions. The situation is, is that I'm my throat's closing up. I don't know what to do. And I'm just riddled with self-doubt. Now, if you can answer, which everyone should be able to, and there's a lot of overlap, right? But if you can answer the five questions, the Q caps, I'll repeat them again for anybody taking notes. So mm -hmm. question, concern, aspiration, pain point, and situation. When you can answer those questions for your ideal audience, now you can create marketing messaging, marketing content that resonates to that audience and puts you in the space of being the expert, the authority to help them solve the QCAPs, help answer their questions, to alleviate their concerns, to help them reach their aspirations, to help them alleviate their pain points, and to help them be in a situation that is not the one they're at, but the one where they want to be. Gotcha. So that's what I recommend, regardless of where you're at in business. If your marketing message isn't quite sticking, if you can answer the QCAPs questions, then you can really start to shift your marketing in a way that helps support your customers, your clientele, see you as the expert and buy from you. Hey, that's a good, that's a good advice right there. I never heard of that, um, the acronym QCAP. So I'm going to start using that to, to implement it to my business as well. Um, so, all right. So you explain all that. So when it, let's say, all right, somebody figured all that out, right? Now they're trying to figure out the types of marketing that they're using, like maybe like Facebook, Instagram ads, or just posting on TikTok, or maybe like they're doing billboards, maybe radio. Um, what what do you think, in your opinion, are good marketing places to do your marketing? Do you think like social media ads are the best, or one of the best, or is billboard or are billboards dying? Do you think that's still relevant? Like, what what is your input on the types of marketing that people are doing these days? Yeah. So uh, I would consider those your marketing channels, right? Mm -hmm. And it really depends on where your audience is and the goal that you want for your business. So I'm going to share a prime example. I, uh, like I mentioned, I have my own podcast and I have been sitting on for quite some time where I'm like, I think I want to do a podcast billboard, mm. right? It goes completely to my free podcast. But for me, I'm like, there adds a level of credibility and authority that not only is there a podcast, but now people are driving by and there's a billboard. Right. The name of my podcast is Get Good at Business, which I think is intriguing enough for a quick that's drive-by. Title, yeah, that's that That would get enough people to listen right there. Exactly, right? Yeah, and so Good at Business, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that? Yeah. Right. So then, like, if you have a billboard and it says Get Good at Business and it has my picture and I can drive audiences to my free resource as a podcast, then when I talk in my podcast about this is sponsored by insert my service here, right? Or my product here. Now I've built that pipeline all through a billboard. Billboards are harder to, I'm going to say monetize. Like it's harder for you to be able to see the attribution model from coming from billboard to podcast to other things. But the other side of it is, is that I have a goal in my business to be on podcasts like this, to speak from stages. I've spoken internationally or spoken internationally for like International Women's Day in New Delhi to an audience online of 2 million, right? I love being able to speak. So if I look at my locality and I go, okay, if I'm putting billboards on the major freeways and there are people who want to be better at business, 
Excellent. Now I've expanded my audience. But I also believe, and this would be worth a test, that there's a level of credibility that anyone who is hosting events or has podcasts of their own would be like, I got to have her on my show. I've got to have her on my stage. Right. So when it comes to like my goals, I've been considering what we call guerrilla marketing, billboards and yard signs and all that stuff that's like the physical non-digital space is guerrilla marketing. I've been considering that. Now I know other people that that's not the right model for their business, right? They're not public speakers. They don't have a podcast. Putting something up there that's a freebie for them may or may not work. If you're a yard maintenance, like landscaper, right? Maybe that billboard would work. Maybe it wouldn't. I have a, a friend who's a real estate agent and a mortgage broker, and they have billboards and they're like, some months we feel like we'll ask somebody, hey, how did you hear about us? And it's the billboards. In other months, it's completely everything else. But they keep them because it keeps more of that consistent when the ebb and flow happens that they do get people coming in. So right. billboards can be a great way if it aligns to you, your business, and your business goals. Now, I'm going to say the same thing for advertising right? So if you're advertising on Facebook slash Instagram, if you're going to be doing advertising, paid advertising on something like TikTok or YouTube as well, I always recommend that you're able to sell organically at least $5,000 a month before you move to ads. And here's why. We already hit on it. Many people don't have their messaging connected in. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have your messaging connected in, ads aren't going to save you. They're just going to waste your money. But if you can sell organically 5,000 a month, now your messaging is honed in. You can take it and use the advertising to really scale and ramp that up to your ideal audience because you're speaking their language and now they're coming into your ecosystem, therefore not wasting your money. Right. So to not answer your question, I can't really recommend yeah. one or the other. It really depends on your business, your goals and your business, like the vision you have for your business and where you want to go with it. Um, organic is always great, but that's where your audience is, right? If your audience is not on Facebook, don't waste your time. If your audience is on TikTok, go ham on TikTok. If yeah. your audience is on Instagram, go ham on Instagram. If they're LinkedIn, go all the way in on LinkedIn. But I don't, re I don't recommend that you go across eight platforms and just hope for the best. It's better to know where your audience is and focus in on two or three social platforms to start, get those where they need to be. And then you can dabble, right? And 80, 20, 80% of your time is where your audience is. 20% of your time is dabbling in these other social medias in case they take off and your audience does end up there. That makes sense. Um, because like you said, like you, you don't really know until you try a couple of things. And yeah. like I said, once you, I mean, you'll, you, you can figure that out once you look at your analytics. I mean, every social media platform has you know, free analytics that will get you started where you can have an idea of where you are. And then, you know, maybe if you do like, maybe Google, Google ads might give you like more, um, might add more analytics, analytics to that when you pay for ads. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's definitely important to just test some things out. And then once you figure out where your true audience is, um, then you can, you know, like you said, like attack it even more on that social media platform. Um, so I know you mentioned you spoke at a women's international conference. Yeah. Uh, so international, international women's day, uh, which is March 8th, every, every year, uh, okay. we had an event in new Delhi and I had the opportunity to speak at that. So how did you, 
get connected with that? Like, how did that happen for you? Yeah. So actually, it's one of the companies that I ended up consulting for okay. uh, is a is a global women's network. And so they hosted the inter- they actually own International Women's Day dot org and they hosted the event. And I was a fractional executive for them, the COO. And so I had the opportunity to go in and to speak as well as I have 1% ownership in the company. I was the fractional executive. Now I've moved, I've shifted to the board of directors to free up my time to help other businesses grow and scale. But right. they're one of the organizations that uh, is already valued at uh, over 10 million and looking to sell for a billion in, mm. oh, a billion with a B, in uh, one to five, or not one to five, three to five years. Uh, And the work I was able to do to help them as COO for my my brief time with them, uh, set them up to get investors and everything else. And the ball is rolling for that to actually happen, which is really exciting. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, you also say you spoke on a was that an online conference? You said you mentioned that, too. Um, It was like two million, two million people. Oh, so that's the same. same. Okay, okay. Yep. So it was the the presentation was in uh, in front of fifteen hundred. Uh, live. And then afterward, we looked at the impressions across the live streaming and mm. uh, across the website. And it was received by over two, seen and received by over 2 million people. Okay. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so when it comes to um, like the marketing side, so uh, you say you work with, you know, you, you help small businesses, you know, a hundred, um, Fortune 100 companies, multi-million-dollar enterprises. Um, so, how did you end up finding people like that want to come to you to, to get help? Is it by like you doing your billboards, or is it like face to face? How do you end up meeting all these different businesses that want want help from you? Yeah, it's a combination, right? I've received clients through my podcast. Uh, so complete strangers that want to get better at business, want to get good at business. Uh, the the women's network, I actually went to an event and I met the owner and had no idea what she did or anything like that. And turns out we live 10 minutes away from each other. Wow. Never had met before in our lives. Oh, and she's like, well, you should, yeah. and she's like, you should come over to my house and I can talk to you about my network. And full transparency, this might sound a little cocky, but I was like, she's going to try to sell me on this network because I have a podcast. I speak well, like She's going to want me on this network. And that's what she wants me to come over to her house for. Uh, That was not the case. We started talking about, I think it started that way. Uh, But then as we started talking about my experience and working with companies and helping them scale and grow, she was like, oh, well, I'm looking for someone to be in the COO position. And I was like, totally, I can do that. And so that that's where we negotiate the contract to be a contracted fractional executive uh, in return for a salary and 1% ownership in the company and all of that. So that happened in an in-person networking. Uh, Like I said, most come from podcasts. Also just my social media, uh, engaging in groups, those types of things. But ultimately, there's marketing and knowing your messaging and all of those pieces. But the core part that nobody talks about is showing up. Right. Right. You've just got to show up. So the event where I met that woman, I'll be honest, I did not want to go. It was two hours away from my house. It started at 9 a.m. I had to get ready, then drive two hours to get there by 9 a.m. I was like, oh, and it was on a Saturday. And I'm like, I do not want to go to this. And I was like, no, I better go. And I went and then I had this major, massive opportunity to be able to help this organization fall in my lap. But if I hadn't shown up, 
never would have crossed my path. So I think one of the best things that you can do as an entrepreneur is show up, whether it's to in-person events, whether it's to networking, whether it's consistently online and any opportunity where you can show your energy, right? Where you can be on video, where people can see you and know you, that is where you're going to get the opportunity to really show your expertise and people will immediately like, I like her or I don't like her. And great. We just segmented segmented out everybody who doesn't like me and those who do are like, I want to learn more. So my recommendation would be is show up, be on video as much as you can so that people can read your energy, see your expertise, and then want to learn more. That's awesome. I know like to add on to what you just said, I like how you mentioned showing up as an entrepreneur is important because myself, um, when I was younger, I was kind of the one to kind of be afraid to talk in front of people and to do public speaking and things like that. And like the more I've been in, you know, I've had my business for a while and, um, you know, like me starting this podcast was one of the first things that helped me to get out of my shell when it comes to like this meeting people and talking to people. And, you know, I was always doing like local events, like where, so I forgot to mention off the record, like capture the world. Like that's my clothing brand. I mean, obviously you can see I'm wearing it right now. Absolutely. Um, so the clothing brand started first and then the podcast came from that because I wanted to do the podcast as a way to like meet people. And I've met so many different people from around the world by doing this podcast. So I'm definitely blessed to be able to power up some confidence to do it. And, you know, relating to what you just said, like um, now I'm, I'm looking forward to like doing more events to where I'm speaking. I'm doing my first speaking event. Um, I think is it's the the last week of October next yeah next month, and um yeah it's a business yeah. conference and um because I run a festival called the Capture the World Festival in my hometown in Hampton, Virginia. So we just wrapped up our second year in July. And from there, so I kind of like, I kept adding things from the clothing brand. So it was the clothing brand, the podcast, the festival. Now I'm using my, whatever expertise I have to attend more speaking events and speak. This will be my first speaking event. And I'm very excited because um, like you said before, like, just, you know, just to wrap it up, like get yourself out there, be available, showing up is important because you got to be confident in yourself and what you have to offer for people. And you never know like what, what advice you can give that can help you and who you can meet. It might be somebody that, that I might meet at this conference I'm going to next month that can elevate me and I can elevate other people as well. So that was a very good point that you, that you mentioned. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Yeah. And congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. So, um, so you say you started your own company after you've been like, I guess, working for other people during that time. So how long have you had your company for how long? So I've had my company for five years because uh, I was running it as a transformational happiness mentor okay. in tandem with having my day job. Uh, but it's been about two years. Well, it'd be two years in March uh, of being out on my own as a business mentor without any safety net of a corporate career. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so what are some other, I guess, some other advice you can offer to entrepreneurs, um, maybe somebody that's starting off, like what, what other advice can you give them to kind of help them get along along the way? Absolutely. Uh, so it's, it's interesting. Uh, I do a service called quantum power days. Okay. And what that is, is we help the entrepreneur really step into their innate power and then quantum leap their business forward through action 
based strategies, meaning instead of like a normal coaching VIP day where you do all the breakthrough work, but then you leave with more homework than you came with, we actually get all the things done on their checklist that they need to get done. And it propels their business massively into the future. The reason I say this is because there, I had one recently. I do them. I only do four a month and they're sold out frequently. And so I've had several clients, but I had one most recently that she came and she's, we had our list, her list of things she wanted to accomplish. So it was like create a landing page, nurturing campaign, content strategy. And then she had on their course. And as we were getting to it, I could tell that she didn't really want to do the course, but she thought that she should. Okay. Right. And so as we were talking through it, I'm like, okay, what do we want this course to be about? What do we want this, this, this? And there was just this hesitancy. And it's my job as a coach to be able to see, is this hesitancy because we're afraid? Is it because we don't know how to do it? Or is it because it's not aligned? It's not congruent. And in this case, I could kind of see through that it wasn't really congruent. So I said, I said, hey, just to be clear, this is not a you build a course and they will come type of situation. Like you're going to have to put the same energy and excitement into marketing this to actually have people come and sign up for the course. Mm -hmm. So is this something that you really are excited about doing or are you doing it because you think you should? And she was like, well, just everywhere says that I should have, like you should have a course. You should have a course as a life coach. That was her career. That's her business. And I was like, okay, well, do you want to do a course? Or can you put the same effort and energy into building it and then selling it? Right. And she was like, oh, I kind of don't want to. And I'm like, well, what are you excited about? She goes, oh, I really want to host a retreat. I'm like, can I swear on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the way. We'll put, <laughs> we'll put it on the back shelf, right? That's not saying you don't ever do it, but it doesn't really mean that's a, it's not really aligned right now. And we let's focus on the retreat, which also has a 20000 thousand dollar gp to it versus the course which you're going to have to get so many people in before you see this massive profit whereas this one you can do a three-day four-day retreat have 10 clients come in and you see so much profit and you got that one-on-one connection which she's excited about like all of these pieces right and so we shifted the direction from the shoulds of her business and actually looked at what she was excited about and what she wanted to work on because It's the same thing, like I mentioned earlier, when you can show up in a positive energy and people can see what you are enthusiastic and passionate about, and you're an expert in, they're going to see that so much better if it's actually aligned to a product that you're excited and enthusiastic and an expert on. And so my, my main thing would be this, tying this all together, is I'm seeing so many entrepreneurs fall into a trap of here's the success checklist for your business, right? You need to write a book. You need to have a course. You need to do a TED talk. You need to do this. You need to do this, you know, all of these things. And the truth of it is, is there are a million ways to make money for your business through your business. And it's all about taking congruent action so you can show up and not get burned out because you are doing it and working towards the products, the services, the marketing, the strategies, the operations, the leadership, whatever it may be part of your business you're working towards that because it's aligned versus, well, I should have a course because all of these expert gurus said I should have a course. Well, if you are not really feeling called to a course, you're not excited by a course, 
don't do it. Find another thing that you're excited about in your business and you'll be able to put so much energy and not be burned out as you're doing it. So that's my number one piece of advice for entrepreneurs is being able to take congruent action versus following the checklist of shoulds, which then eventually ends up looking like this. You let's say marketing campaign, right? Somebody says that you need to do X, Y, and Z and you follow it to a letter. You're like, this coach said that if I did this, I would be successful. You follow it and then it falls flat on its face. What happens? We lose confidence as entrepreneurs. Well, it worked for so-and-so. What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you. It just wasn't the right strategy for you. It wasn't congruent to you. Right. So throw the should checklist out the window and start thinking like an entrepreneur instead of a business where somebody's telling you what to do. Start thinking like an entrepreneur and go, okay, what am I excited about? What do I want to do? Because that will make everything make so much more sense in your marketing, in your operations, in your ability to grow and to scale. I like that answer. And it kind of relates to how you mentioned um, or how we mentioned the social media or just the marketing ads as far as like knowing where whether to use billboards or whether to use TikTok or Facebook or whatever, radio. Um, and in that case, it's like, you know, you might have people you follow, but that don't mean they're that person that you look up to, their exact road to success is going to be the same for you. You got to figure out what works for you. Like at the end of the day, you just got to figure out what, what works for you. Yep, you know absolutely. And not just copy step for step what people are doing because everybody has a different journey. So you can take different pieces of people's journeys and add it to your own. But at the end of the day, you, it's still your own journey. So you have to figure things out on your own. And and you would know if something is really for you or not. And like you said, she she probably was following what everybody else was telling her. But she, you know, you gotta stay true to yourself. And which and she already knew the answer. She did. It was just, yeah. I didn't sway her. I was like, we can absolutely do this, but I just want to make sure it makes sense for you. And at that point we kind of dove into it and it was like, yeah, no, I really don't want to do this. Cool. Exactly. Exactly. So um, we got the, the last three minutes left. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question that I always ask all of my guests and um, just related to what you do. Yep. So um, how do you plan to capture the world? Oh, I plan to capture the world through a ripple effect. I believe that every business owner that I'm able to help, they are helping their customers and clients. The success of their business helps their family, their community, their friends. And through that ripple effect and having that impact, I'm able to capture and change the world. Awesome. That's an excellent answer. I love it. Um, so before we get off of here, um, feel free to give our audience, um, you know, all your links, you know, social media, where they can find you and everything like that. Absolutely. So my podcast is Get Good at Business. And if you go to getgoodatbusiness.com, it will take you to my podcast page. Uh, I also have taylorproctor.com, which of course is my name, uh, which is my full website that has all the links to my information. And you can follow me on almost any social media under Taylor Proctor or Get Good at Business. And so I would love to have anybody listening. I'd be happy to help however I can. But ultimately, I offer a lot of free content and information to help you succeed and excel at your business and get good at business. Awesome. Awesome. Well, it was nice having you, Mrs. Taylor. Um, and I hope I can, you know, one day be on your podcast. I feel like I I, I will have some things I can share with your audience as well. Um, but we can talk about it off the record. But um, yeah, so it was nice talking to you. And I'm pretty sure the listeners right here have learned so much in this little bit of time. 
and um you know we can definitely do a part two one of these days and um so yeah so shout out to all of our spotify listeners apple podcast listeners and youtube listeners um i appreciate y'all sticking with me for this long um this is episode 81 and we have a lot more good content to come and um yeah and this is david carmichael the second with the capture the world podcast with my guest again miss taylor proctor and we'll see y'all on the next episode you have a good one peace Thank you.